Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. This is wonderful. This is wonderful. This is. This is wonderful. Shall we talk about things we like, things that are good, things that we are into? And uh, I'm feeling really great. This morning, can you tell? You, uh, oh, spring in my step this morning. Is that true? No, it's not. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'll keep it um, 100, as the children say. I have a sore butt. My butt and my butt muscles are sore. It's all these dang stairs, and it's tone. Oh. Don't get me wrong. Like, and I know it's for you, babe. <laughs> how toned it is, and I know you like that. But all these stairs are really doing a number on my my. My heister. We'll be doing a lot of walking. Doing so much walking up so many of DC's. DC is famous for its hills. How sort of mountainous it is. (laughs) Um, I know like people like to call it the swamp, but here's the thing about swamps: they go down into the swamp, but then you have to go up to get out of the swamp too, and it makes your heister hurt so bad. Well, and you've been lifting. And I've been lifting. I've been hitting the gym. Well, for lifting the the big weights, the biggest weights they have, the The biggest weights that they have at the gym. And um, yeah, I do the boxes to kind of complement the bar barbells and dumbbells. Uh-huh. And how much? How much you? Uh... Fifteen hundred. Whoa! Pounds. Cool. Fifteen hundred. I'm up to fifteen hundred pounds. Cool. I should. I should make you lift me more. I didn't know. Uh, yeah. I mean, that would be nothing to me because you don't weigh anywhere close to fifteen hundred pounds. Um, <laughs> I could lift up like a bunch of views. Yeah. Uh, easy, easy, easy. And juggle you in the air like Gaston does with so many babes. And this is wonderful. Did we say that part? I think so. We but, talked about I mean, Let me check how... my list here. Talk, talk about the show's wonderful. Talk about how sore my heister is. Okay, yeah. Uh, I think we're good to move on to the, what's the next segment here. Uh, small wonders. Do you small have any wonders. of those? Yeah. I do, actually. I, as as you were going on and on about your, your physical prowess, I was, yeah. I, was, I was thinking about a small wonder. Oh, okay. Uh, sorry about that. No, that's okay. But, you know, hey, we're moving along at a clip now. We sure are. Chugga, chugga, <laughs> chugga, chugga. Don't let go of the handlebars. Um, I wanted to talk about our uh, double stroller. The double stroller, when you are a parent of two children and you get your first double stroller... It makes you feel like a real dipshit for ever owning anything else. Well, I mean, when we only had one, we really only needed one stroller. Okay, but you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, so we actually, we don't have the traditional side-by-side. No way. Because uh, I thought that was kind of cumbersome. And, and also, if you only had one kid in there, people would be like, What happened to the other Where's one? the other one? Yeah, right. <laughs> but when you get it in the kind of Mario Kart double dash orientation that we have it in, where Henry can yeah. kind of like skitch on the back, yeah, that's a cool ride. I thought a lot about this because I didn't want to purchase one and you know, immediately think this was a waste of time. Because we already have the one-person stroller. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I realized I didn't want the width that came with the side-by-side. So I got this stroller where you there's like a little bench in the back for the kid to sit. Sure. Of course, immediately upon opening and discovering the stroller, Henry was like, well, where's the side-by-side? Yeah. 
It's like BB and Dot have the side by side. Where's where's our side by side? No. And, and I said, no, but look, look, front to back. Look at this little bench. And and he he came around because it meant he didn't have to walk. That's his favorite. <laughs> I would say of all the points about it, he he is a fan of that. We also we have we got a wagon too, big yeah, wagon. From, yeah, thank from you, Nana and Gaga. Yeah. Uh, and uh, took took a ride on that around town, just picking it's, up picking up babes and having ourselves like a cool weekend. Uh, Henry immediately was like, "We we can have meetings in this." <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so him and Gus were riding in it, and Henry was trying to have a meeting with Gus, a boys' it, meeting. It was pretty uh, great about you know. Legos. He was and... using his like fancy businessman voice too, oh, which was Jesus really great. Christ, it was good. Did I say Jesus Christ? I don't think that's his name. I don't know. We're both a little tired today. That's really true. I I'll say the rehearsal, the show from Nathan Fielder. Yes. Um, which whom I adore and whose previous work Nathan for you is I, think I would say mentioned pound it. for pound maybe yeah. that, did we mention the rehearsal it may have been a, well no we've mentioned Nathan for you as a small wonder I believe yes the rehearsal is it, it takes a lot of the energy of that show and takes it to a I almost said logical conclusion but I don't think there's anything really like it goes <laughs> so far beyond what you think. Is possible. The premise of this show is that Nathan Fielder devises these incredibly elaborate ways for people to prepare for real life situations. Most of the time, it is like a challenging conversation they're going to have with somebody. Yeah, episode one starts with somebody who has to kind of admit something to a friend, and Nathan shows up and is planning to help him practice that. But go so far as to like build an exact replica of the bar that they go to for bar trivia and the lengths to which he goes to like make it as accurate as is possible is where a lot of the comedy lies. Well, and it's also fun because it's it's an HBO program and you can tell that he's kind of flexing that HBO budget. Yeah. Which is kind of fun. And it, it also, like, there is a line that it walks between reality and, like, uh, scripted comedy, I would say. And trying to, like, figure out where that line is is hysterically funny because there's also some things in this process that are so morally dubious that, but the show kind of like plays with that in a way and trying to figure out like how, how far it actually goes. Yeah. I mean, here's what I'll say. Like if you are uncomfortable watching awkward television, this This is not for you. This This is is not not the show for you. Um, If you enjoy watching, I would say high concept television. This is about, I, I watch a fucking lot of reality television. This is about as high a concept yeah. as it gets. And, yeah, and I, I would say that there are people that like Nathan for you that might not even like this show because it's yes. not as goofy. Um, it's not as goofy, but it is like, I, I it, it's way more ambitious. Yeah. Uh, I, I realize we are sort of talking in circles around the thing because I think that you kind of need to watch how it yeah, develops. It's only five episodes. I don't want to spoil anything. Uh, and and each one is like a is is I, I don't know. There's an episode in this season that uh, me and Rachel have both talked about being like, if it does not get at least nominated for some kind. I don't know if individual episodes of 
shows like this get nominated for Emmys, but man alive. Yeah, it's so well filmed. Like yeah. the the choices he and I'm assuming the other people he worked with on the show made to like play this out are so like interesting and yeah. unique and i just i feel like it should get some acknowledgement for yeah. that i also think it is improved if you if you have watched nathan for you because he is such an uncomfortable human being and you really i think it intensifies the scenarios he finds himself in in this show if you know how uh inept he is at sort of just having a conversation with another human being Anyway, I think it's fantastic. I yeah. also don't think it's for everyone, but I... I it, we recommended it to your brothers. Do you know if they hung in there or if they both failed? Justin, I don't think Justin cleared the first episode. I think Travis made it to about when the show's like through line starts to surface, and I think he might have popped out around that time. <laughs> yeah. uh, hey, you go first this week. I do. We're recording very early this week, so we did just knock one of these out a couple days ago. So I'm feeling like... I've already got, like, I'm all limbered up and stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. See, I, I'm feeling more fatigue, I would say. Well, yeah, that's also just the just children. <laughs> uh, okay, so my, my thing might surprise you. Uh, my wonderful thing this week is a big head. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. I, I am very comfortable talking about how both you and I have large-sized heads. Okay. Uh, this is something that I was a little maybe embarrassed about, and then in recent years have just kind of embraced. Uh, and I want you to know that I actually, I really like your big head. And sometimes I talk about it in a way that maybe makes you think I don't, but I want no, you to know No, no, I, I, never, I never think that. I, I, I don't know if the, what this experience was like for... You, you are a in general a smaller person than I am, so I don't know that the proportions were quite as uh, uh like cartoonish as they were for you. But like I have had the same size head since I was about twelve or so, but the rest of my body <laughs> kind of didn't get there, uh, and so I was I would say not mercilessly bullied, but like it was always the like. Big hit, like always the go-to. Oh, really? Thing. Oh, for sure. I don't think I knew that. Did you ever? You never. Nobody ever picked People on you. People don't seem to notice my big head. Hmm. Like. Like I have had the conversation with people before, and and I mean maybe it's just out of courtesy, but but it it was never really acknowledged. I don't want to under thunder you either, but like. If I put one of my hats on you, you it is a little bit large, but I don't think, I mean, I I think I am a hat size of like seven and a half, um, maybe seven and a quarter. I don't know a hundred percent, but, um, but that's, I mean, that's large. That's big. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Anything from what I can tell in, in my research, which was 30 minutes of research. Good. That's about (laughs) what we do here at the. Anything over seven, I think, is is where you start talking about a larger head. Because I think seven is pretty standard for is most it? people. Yeah, Christ alive! No so. way, seven? No way. No, I I always assumed seven was pretty. I mean, we. <laughs> I was telling Griffin once. I was like in a room full of women. This was not long ago. And we were all talking about how we didn't know what our hat size was. <laughs> so I had this like teenage moment of just like like sweaty embarrassment as we went around and measured our heads. And I was like, here we go. Yeah, here it comes. <laughs> yeah, I, I usually rock a seven and seven eighths, which is such a terrible 
affliction because they yeah, make a lot of seven that. and three quarters hats and then for like genuinely very big people like who are bigger in all dimensions <laughs> you you can wear an eight plus but that's too big for me so like i am i have the hardest time finding hats and then i have the hardest time not losing those hats like instantly yeah yeah and then it it takes you forever to get it's a replacement gone. yeah um, I didn't realize I had a big head until marching band. Okay. Uh, we had this like closet full of band uniforms. It was, and you just kind of picked one at the beginning of the year. Okay. Uh, and so I, I had to get a very small, you know, like coat and pants. Uh, but when it came to the little, little hat that I had to wear, I had to get the extra large. Okay. And my mom was always like, it's because of your hair. And I kind of believed her for a while until I, I got older and realized I don't have particularly thick hair. And okay. then I was like, oh, "It's no, it's, it's because of my big head. It was confusing <laughs> for me because I genuinely did have extremely thick hair. Yeah. Because I didn't you get- You still do, I would say. Okay. Yeah. It's th- I mean, I wear it much, 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 much shorter than yeah. I did uh-huh. when I was getting just thinned out at the Happy Hair Boutique every like six weeks. Um, is that really what it was called? Happy Hair Boutique? Yeah. Yeah, it's where <laughs> my mom got her hair cut because like a lady from our church uh, worked there. And so I went there for pretty basically until college. Is that where your brothers went to? You said that like it was just No, you. I mean, my brothers are older than me, so they, they wised up a little bit earlier than I did. But I didn't get my first like college haircut from someone who like knew how to handle my stuff until I was like maybe a maybe a junior in college. Yeah. I was up how? there getting my hair cut at the Happy Hair Boutique when I was like, you know, legal drinking age. And you still had no problem just still with, had no with, problem so the... whoop and poo. <laughs> oh God. Uh so here's the thing. Here's the good news about big heads. Yeah. There have been numerous studies and there is not a huge uh correlation but a significant correlation between head size and intelligence that's interesting yeah i thought you were gonna say something else because i thought i know that a lot of like celebrities are like uh-huh little people with big heads i spent forever trying to look for some like actual article about that and all i could find were like anecdotes yeah. not like a real investigation the way i wanted I am just saying I have been in maybe two or three circumstances in my life where I have been in a room where like there were too many famous people. I would say very, very recently I was in one of these situations uh, when we were at San Diego Comic-Con where there, there's just there's just famos to the left and famos to the right. They're petite. For the most part, they're quite they're quite small with yeah. big faces. Yeah, I, I saw something kind of suggesting. So there was the thing I kept finding over and over again was Merv Griffin, who apparently like went on record and said, I specifically chose Pat Sajak and Vanna White because they are small people with large head. And I believe that that looks best on camera. Interesting. There's like a suggestion that it makes your like frame look narrower uh, when you have like a a large head. That's wild. I thought it was more like a, a, you know, how like poisonous frogs have like colorful patterns on their back. It's almost <laughs> like a biological thing. So when you see like a, a, a little Tom Cruise with his big face, you're like, 
whoa, I need to pay attention. I need to keep my eye on that guy. Yeah, there was there is a suggestion in one of the things I was reading that like it is it is more compelling that like the the head fills up the screen and people are drawn to it. That sounds more like <laughs> what I was thinking. Uh, so I wanted to talk about some of these like little studies I found. Okay. And when I say little, I don't mean to be dismissive. It's more like this is the amount of time I spent, which is little. And we should also say if you have a little head, that's just stand in your truth. That's just that's this is us sort of um, at least it feels like to me sort of reclaiming um, the, the power <laughs> that comes from a thing that I was mercifully mercilessly. Mer- well, that's a tough word, huh? mercilessly mercilessly mocked for as a child uh well yeah and i will also say by the time i get to the end of this you're going to realize it actually doesn't have that much to do with it oh, uh okay. so well, can i just leave and you do the rest of the segment because <laughs> i'm riding high right now this is the best i've felt in years <laughs> uh okay so there was a 2018 study published on nature.com which is from what i can tell reputable yeah even sure. though it sounds pretty like sounds weird for nature <laughs> to have a website yeah uh, so that says uh, intelligence is not a function of how hard the brain works, but how efficiently it works. Interesting. Uh, so there is a suggestion that larger brains have low neuron density and low neuron orientation dispersion, which means that while larger brains do have more neurons, they have fewer connections between those neurons, yeah. which means they can process information more efficiently. Okay. Now, I don't totally understand a lot None of that. None of that, which is ironic, because you would think <laughs> that my neurons would be like, all right, listen up. It's time for you to learn about us. Uh, but I I don't know. I guess I guess that the, you know, I mean, more neurons seems good. And sure. they've got space to bounce around in there. Love it. They're love. They're having a great time in there. Uh, there was another study in 2003 from Southampton University that suggests the larger a person's head, the less likely their cognitive abilities are to decline in later oh, years. Oh, that would be great. Which I also found encouraging. Sure. Um, the one that kind of calls this into question a little bit is a 2018 study from University of Pennsylvania Yeah, uh, that suggests uh, that there is a relationship between brain volume and performance on cognitive tests, but uh, size is only part of it, explaining about 2% of the variability in test performance. Okay. So kind of suggesting it's a piece, it's a significant piece, but it's it's not by any means the whole the so you're whole saying story. that size doesn't size doesn't matter wink wink uh so some of the other factors uh they looked at was educational attainment uh and the, there was a suggestion that additional brain size does not increase your likelihood to have completed more education yeah so the article says an additional cup of brain <laughs> what an additional what of what don't measure my brain in measure your brain in cups. Uh, so this is a, a researcher from uh, a university in Amsterdam that was part of the researchers in the study said, uh, quote, an additional cup, 100 square centimeters of brain would increase an average person's years of schooling by less than five months. Okay. So it's not, you know. How many cups of brain do you think I've gotten there? If you were to estimate how many brain cups I have. I it, it's that's tough, isn't it? I don't know what the average brain cups is. Oh man, I'm gonna say six. Six cups of brain? Yeah. I think it's eight. 
Oh. <laughs> I'm, I guess I'm struggling. Are we talking about liquid cups or are we talking about dry ingredients? Because the brain is kind of like, what? I'm just like, thinking like a cup. Like I, if I were to fill a cup like to the rim. How like ma- a how measuring many? cup. Yeah. Okay. You think six? I think it would be more than six, hon. Yeah, I guess I'm looking at your head right now and I'm trying to figure out from the side profile. if I had to portion out. Yeah. Yeah, you might be right. A co- this is, so this coffee cup is like two and a half cups of brain. <laughs> and if I hold it next to my head like that. I think eight is right. I think it might be eight. I think eight is enough brain. <laughs> Uh, I wanted to talk about uh, a, f- a famous person with a large head. Oh, okay. So I, I spent a long time Googling like celebrity head size and sure. like, you know, trying to figure out like who, who is on record for talking about their large head. Yeah. And it is St. Louis's own John Hamm. Wow. That's not surprising to no. me. He has this is a 2014 article in Vanity Fair. It talks about an interview he had with Seth Meyers where Seth Meyers said that he he set a a record in the wig department. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> and in that interview, John Hamm must have felt pressured to like change the focus because he outed Ben Affleck, and he said, "I actually I had a conversation at Saturday Night Live asking if there was anyone with a bigger head, and they told me Ben Affleck." And he's like, "I checked this myself. I I ran into Ben Affleck and I gave him one of my Cardinals hats, and it sat on his head, quote, like a little toy hat." <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. All right. Well, good for good for Ben. Congrats on the on the nuptials. <laughs> I found a website too that has like president head sizes, which I didn't know. Like how much faith to put in it. I will say the largest head on the list. Seven- Gerald Ford. No. Ah. Seven and five eighths, John F. Kennedy. Seven and five eighths is the biggest presidential head size? That's what it That's says. That's nothing. <laughs> That's nothing. You can't tell me Gerald Ford had a smaller head than seven and five eighths. That there's no way. I gotta know that dude's head size. I, yeah, I don't see him. I actually I don't see him on this list. Uh so maybe either we didn't know his head size or this list is extremely dated. I'll I'll shoot him an email. <laughs> Uh, the smallest head side on here is, uh, let's see, Henry Ford at six and seven eighths. See, he wasn't, he wasn't a president. No, he wasn't. <laughs> so this is just historical men, I guess. Okay, great. Because Fred Astaire's on here too. Yeah, not the president, <laughs> Fred Astaire, famously. Can I? You kicked my mic stand. I'm sorry. It scared me so bad. I thought a ghost were in here moving my microphone around. So that's big heads. Thanks. Can I steal you away? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality, and you think, I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghostwriter, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be... The same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell? 
sell uh, your time? Yeah, you can do that also. Anything is possible. That's um there for the commercial, the Super Bowl commercial they had. That was my voice yelling, anything is possible. In the wow. Background. Yeah, not a lot of people know that. Hey, head to squarespace.com slash wonderfulpod for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code wonderfulpod to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Griffin? Yeah. You know what's a shame? What? Is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? <laughs> it's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. <laughs> factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters with, I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. Got a couple Dumbo Pops here and I would love to read the first one because it is for future Bucky and it is from past Bucky who says, Dear future Bucky, I hope that you are doing well and that your research for your master's thesis is coming along. Have you decided where you want to go for grad school 2.0? You have made it through some very hard times recently, but you are so strong and I love you tonight. You should celebrate with some mac and cheese and a blizzard. Much love. That's a, a, a beautiful sentiment that they have outlined here, which is to say mac and cheese and a blizzard. That's going to get you riding high, I think. Yeah, although if you had it, it would make you pretty ill. <laughs> Maybe, but that is going to touch on the topic that I'm going to be discussing later today. So I'd like to pretend like I'm a cool guy who can eat as much dairy as he possibly wants. Okay, can I read the next one? Yes. This is for Future Tay from Past Tay. Dear Future Tay, I hope by now things are less buck wild. If not, embrace chaos. But seriously, I'm so proud of how far you've come with the voices of the McElroys in your ears along the way. Hope your 30th is as emo as you want in the eyeliner fallout boy kind of way. Keep chasing those small wonders and scritch the boys for me. Love five ever past Tay. I think that 30th should be the emo birthday. I yeah, think that 100%. when you turn 30, you should be allowed to get as emo as you possibly can. I think so. What does that mean? I do not know. It makes me wonder what I should have been for my 40th birthday. Uh, I think on your 40th is when you get like super preppy. Like okay. preppy, sporty, <laughs> Zach Morris style sort yeah. of vibe. Okay. Which I think, babe, would definitely work on you. Thank you. It could happen to you. You're all grown up now. A professional adult with diverse interests and hobbies. And one of those hobbies is... Video games. You just can't help it. They're so good now. If that's you, we're here to tell you, you are completely normal. I'm Maddie Myers. I'm Jason Schreier. And I'm Kirk Hamilton. And together we form Triple Click, 
a podcast about video games. If you think you might be a person who likes video games, we hope you'll give Triple Click a listen. Triple Click, new episodes every Thursday on Maximum Fun. Hey, kid. Your dad tell you about the time he broke Stephen Dorff's nose at the Kids' Choice Awards? In Dead Pilot Society, scripts that were developed by studios and networks but were never produced are given the table reads they deserve. When I was a kid, I had to spend my Christmas break filming a PSA about angel dust. So yeah, being a kid sucks sometimes. Presented by Andrew Reich and Ben Blacker. Dead Pilot Society, twice a month on MaximumFun.org. You know, the show you like, that hobo with the scarf who lives in a magic dumpster. (laughs) (laughs) Doctor Who? Yeah! My thing this week is going to an ice cream shop. When you go to an ice cream shop and you walk in and you're confronted with all the smells and sights (laughs) and sounds of an ice cream shop, and the excitement that goes hand in hand with that now, sensory you, experience. Because I know your um, my your, history, your long storied career. Yeah. Are you differentiating between an ice cream shop and a no, a not a froyo place? I, I would, I would, you know, soda fountains, uh, ice cream parlors, a Baskin Robbins, a country's best yogurt. I put them all in there. Lump oh, them all really? in. It's the same. It's the same experience. You don't need like the big tub behind the glass case. I love the big tub behind the glass case. Yeah. See, I feel like I need that. But I also, you know, when you when you see a a, a line a row of machines at a yogurt land, and it's like that is exciting. That's exciting too, especially when you get. I didn't even write any notes about samples, but obviously that's like the best part. Yeah. Especially when you get those little tiny little little paper pill cups, you can go around and you just. Just shoot down little shooters at Froyo. How wild that they do that, by the way. If you think about it, that's not common practice in an area like in a restaurant where you get food. No, sure, of course not. But in ice cream, it's like it's the standard. Yeah. So uh, as somebody whose body rejects large amounts of dairy, uh, the the risk associated with eating a, a, a frozen dairy treat makes it a more sort of... I don't know, uh, thrilling luxury can makes we, the payoff sweeter. Can we quickly have you talk about how you realized that you had a sensitivity to dairy? Yeah, so I used to go to school and be sick every day. I used to go to school and I would feel sick in the mornings every single day. And I could not figure out why. It really started at like uh, like middle school is usually when it happened. Um but I remember being in like sixth and seventh grade and just like going to the doctor. They thought I had like stomach ulcers or something like oh, that because I was sick every single day. And then uh, I remember our family doctor or whatever was like, so what do you have for breakfast every morning? I was like, oh, big bowl of cereal and milk. And he was like, okay, um, <laughs> try something else. And so I switched to something else and then poof. <laughs> I was cured. And Poor I Griffin, like, too, I, by the way. Like, cereal was such a, like, major sure. section of the food pyramid. Yeah, and we didn't really have almond milk back then. No. So I got, I got into, like, a lot of waffles. It was um, just, like, soy milk, and that seemed, like, so strange to me. Yeah, a lot of French toast sticks kind of became the yeah. order of the day at that time, which, you know, heck, I'm not complaining. Um, so I, I, I love perusing the menu of an ice cream shop that I walk into. There's a lot of, I would say, standard ice cream flavors that if I see that they are available, like I'm already 
like set. Like I'm already excited and raring to go. I love in the summertime. I love a mint chocolate chip. I love a strawberry flavor. I love a pralines and cream. I love a sort of nutty, caramelly, or a cinnamony ice cream flavor. Those get those excite me a great deal. Uh, I've, I'm not so big on like a chocolate, straight chocolate, rocky road, fudgy fudge. Yeah, see that that is exactly my wheelhouse. I mean, I guess it's good, right? Like we we have different interests, and that sure keep, that keeps things exciting. It does. It keeps <laughs> things very exciting. But then, like when you go into a more specialty place, like a Ginny's or a or a Lick back in Austin, and you see you know olive oil and sea salt, or uh, what was the one? What was the uh, Lick had goat cheese, thyme, and honey ice cream. Yeah. And when you see that, it's like, what does that even mean? How is that ice cream? I must know. Like, that's super exciting for me. I like to comparison shop for most things in my life, but rarely do I get more into it for food than I do when I'm at an ice cream shop and see some, like, exotic flavor combination that I did not know was possible. Um, and that doesn't even, like factor in toppings, which I usually don't mess with anymore. Uh, I'm pretty by the book when it comes to how I consume my ice cream. I like a cake cone. I like one big scoop of ice cream right on it. That's all I need. See, I like some texture variation. I like I like a like a like a crush 'em or or like a like a little nug of But you go cup. You dough. you don't go I, don't. I I can't balance a bunch of <laughs> I can't be responsible for eating this mint chocolate chip ice cream before it melts all over my hand and ruins my pants and shirt and shoes and floor of the place that I'm standing over. Uh and also like balancing some gummy worms on top of that. That's true. I can't be responsible for all that. I'm a parent of two children. I can't be responsible for that also. This this is fascinating to me because you could just get a cup and then you could have all of those things. I love a cake cone though. God almighty. I love a sugar cone too, but a cake cone is, a, it's because of the sort of, uh, sort of uh, structural lattice work happening inside <laughs> yeah. the cake cone that it's it's less stressful No, that for me. last bite of a cake cone is pretty great. Can't now, it, it. if a place has a waffle cone, like forget it. I, I am on board. Yeah, but a waffle cone is like, that's a little bit more food than I I usually am ready for. <laughs> what a strange line to draw on the stand. If I'm like, uh, I, like I said, I can't handle that much dairy. So like a waffle cone with one scoop in it looks stupid. That's true. And you've got to get at least a few to fill out a waffle cone. Yeah. And I can't, I can't rock like that anymore. I'll die. <laughs> I'm sorry. If I do, but don't, I'm not sad about it. I love a cake cone. And I love one scoop. <laughs> knock it down in like five minutes and then I'm off I'm away <laughs> back to business back to work um, so one time I went to a Cold Stone Creamery I think just once it was across the street from the GameStop I worked at for like a year I went there once and it gave me like a panic attack because there's too it's too much <laughs> it's too much it's too much stuff I don't want to get it wrong you know what I mean also they sang a lot and oh, they always put me in a I really weird that. place when I saw the like there, it's like a tip jar thing or something. Yeah. Like they're they're required to sing, and I I just watched people tip them, and I was like, "Why are you doing this? Stop this! Stop you have doing control that over whether or not they sing." Uh, so ice cream in the shops that sell them are sort of a tricky thing to historically pinpoint because ice has been a luxury item for like over a millennium, and people have been putting fruit and milk up on it and eating that for just as long. Uh, the first shop that sold something called uh, ice, iced cream 
uh, opened in New York City at the end of the 18th century, and it was like a treat for the elite. Uh, I found an article about how one summer George Washington apparently spent over $200 on ice cream and had his own, and like Mount Vernon had his own like ice cream jars that he could use to manufacture it himself. Didn't See, know now, that. Nowadays it would be like, this, this is where our tax dollars are going. But, but back- $200 <laughs> at, the, at the end of the 18th century. I mean, I guess he just won the Revolutionary War and he was like, time to fucking celebrate with a little <laughs> bit of that good cold stuff. Uh, around 1800, insulated ice houses were a thing and ice was more readily available to people who were not U.S. presidents. And by 1850, like further technological advances made ice cream something that like most people could source. Uh, toward the end of the 19th century, you get soda fountains that popped up and they sold obviously soda, but they did ice cream and floats too. Apparently this feels apocryphal to me, but I found it in a couple places. Uh, like ice cream floats were viewed as like a sinful extravagance. And so soda fountains began just selling ice cream on Sundays sans soda and that is where the term sunday comes from only you spelled with an e i guess to like differentiate it from you know the sabbath uh and it was also sort of like in in world war ii times kind of a like an iconic morale booster treat uh apparently then there was a floating ice cream parlor in the western pacific just helping out naval service members with their <laughs> with their fix. Um, and also, according to the International Dairy Foods Association, uh, Americans celebrated the end of the war in 1946 by eating 20 quarts of ice cream per person annually on average. That's a lot. That is a lot. That feels like more than people today. That 20 quarts is a lot of ice cream. There's a great deal of ice cream. Yeah, because like a pint, how many pints are in a quart? Four? to six or possibly eight it's either three four <laughs> six or eight it's one of those it's so one if, of those if numbers. you think about that that is a lot of ice i just cream. ice cream rules being at a place that has a bevy of ice cream options for you to sort of forge your path through is all, except for cold stone creamery which takes that f- way too far like they're they're out of their their gourds if they think that a human being is capable of looking at those options and <laughs> making any kind of like good choice about it and come out of uh-huh. no who comes out of cold stone cream is like perfect i picked the perfect one it's the perfect size perfect flavor perfect topping i, I mean here's it. the thing if you if you are an environment like that you just you choose something that has stood the test of time yeah. you just go like oreo you know you yeah. just like you get in you get out you don't but then there's more adventure you didn't go. Anyway, I love going to an ice cream shop. I am doing this topic because we live very close to a very cool ice cream like cafe, play cafe thing here in D.C. that we've been to many times now. And uh, it's, it's always exciting going in there and being like, what ice cream do I get to eat? Hooray. <laughs> Hooray. Uh, thank you for listening to our show. That's it for the show. Thanks to Bowen and Augustus for the use for our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. Thank you to Maximum Fun for having us on the network. Go to MaximumFun.org. Check out all the shows that they have there just to, and listen to every episode of every one of them. Please. Uh, there's tours. There to, is tours. There's tours to see uh, the McElroys do their, their jokes on, on 
stage in your hometown. That's correct. We're going to be in San Jose and Denver at the end of September. We're going to be doing Cincinnati, Detroit, and Washington, D.C., the jewel of the country. Uh, in November, <laughs> and you can come out and see us. There's still tickets for most of those shows, I think. You can go to bit.ly slash Tours. Check those out. We also have merch at macroymerch.com that you can get that uh that that you're just gonna that you're just gonna love it's gonna look great on you in your room and your you know weird vault that you have the shrine that you have created uh for all your favorite podcasts uh it can go in any of that stuff and we sure do appreciate it we appreciate you yeah hey thank you hey thank you we don't say it enough nobody really says it enough you know in these day in these times my thing is like, <laughs> my whole thing is like, if we, if you said thank you to like three people and they said thank you to three people, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, this is beautiful stuff. Like, if you did the thank you to three people and they did th- three people and then they did three people, that's already like 30 people. And in the world good now, this is something I've been thinking about <laughs> a lot lately. Do you ever kind of step outside of your body in moments like I this? I can't. I can't. I have to. <laughs> I have to be like right there in it. Yeah. Or else I can't do the do the jokes. That's a definite talent that you have. Well, I got an eight cup break. So <laughs> <laughs> MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.